Revelation chapter 13. Uh, a couple of things for you um, before we dive in. If you need a Bible, uh, check under one of the seats in front of you. If you don't own one, that's yours to keep. Take that with you. It's our gift. Uh, if you don't have the U version, download it. This month, we are going to start with the live uh, interactive um, program uh, on your phones or your iPads or whatever you got. Uh, both Bethany softball teams won this week. It was a beautiful, yeah, it was beautiful. It really was. Uh, come out, experience it, join the teams. Uh, it's great. It's great. Baptism coming up yet again this, uh, very soon, this month, we're going to have another one. We're so grateful. Um, we, we just have uh, been blessed by this. So we've got two people who um, really uh, have come to Christ and, and want to take that step of obedience. If you have here or somewhere else, you've received the gift of Jesus Christ, you, he's moved in, you've surrendered to him, um, and you've never taken this step of obedience. It's beautiful, it's powerful, it's wonderful. Come talk to me. That doesn't obligate you to anything. We're not gonna cut our fingers and do this. Uh, you know, it's just so we can talk about you um, possibly taking that step. So uh, get in on it because it's gonna happen this month. Judy Mogul, I don't know. I'd, hey, Judy, wave to people. See that beautiful lady in white? Yeah. Um, Judy looks perfect. To me, but she needs a new kidney. Okay, now if we believe what the Bible says, if we believe what we say about being the body, then when one of us needs a new kidney, all of us need a new kidney. Get me? Okay? What happens to one happens to all. And so um, what we have, Marlene, you want to raise your hand so everybody knows who you are? Marlene has the information for uh, her organ donor coordination, okay? So what I'd like to do is to have this office get slammed with people from Bethany who say, I want to give her part of my body because she is part of my body. She, we're part of the body of Christ. So um, it would be beautiful if, if God so ordained that one of us could... Um, could do that. And talking to Judy, I don't know, you know, I, I, I struggled in science. I know you're saying, really? Really? But apparently they can suck it through a straw, and so the hole's real small. And um, that's, that's not all the details, but, you know, let's get that done, okay? I'm, I'm trusting you. Marlene has the info. Hit her up for that. Okay, uh, we're going to go into Revelation chapter 13. A brief recap because this connects to chapter 12, and here's what we looked at, that there is a war going on, and you are in the middle of it, okay? It is a spiritual war that is more violent, more graphic, more dangerous than any world war we've ever read about, experienced. World of Warcraft can't even approach what is going on, swirling on around you, and what will take place. It's true. And the thing that is being fought over is God's glory, Jesus' supremacy, and not only in history and in the universe, but in your life, okay? So you and I are part of that. We need to be aware of that. And we talked about um, that the whole 
the whole strategy of the enemy is to get our eyes on ourselves and off of Jesus Christ. Remember we said that. Now, we said that that's his whole goal. And we we saw a definition, uh, a name of the enemy of Satan called the accuser of the brethren, that he would forever hold our sin up, our worst moments in front of us, trying to get our eyes again off of Jesus Christ onto us, onto our sin. When Jesus does the complete opposite, he's saying, look at my forgiveness, look at the freedom I've earned, look at the power that I have through you. You look at your whiteness in me, your cleanness, and, and the accuser of the brethren. And, and we raised our hands three weeks ago, right? Four weeks ago. And said, who has heard that tape play over again? You're no good. You're this. You're that. You're everything that is your worst moment. And Jesus is saying, no, you who, who belong to me are in me. You are my white and sparkling apple of my eye. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my brother. You're my sister. You're mine. And you're whole and you're complete in me. Okay, it's all trying to get our eyes. Jesus is trying to get our eyes off of us, on, uh, off of, onto him. Okay, and we said that. We said that um, as long as we are clinging to our lives, um, we are going to lose our lives, right? We need to be loving and clinging to Jesus Christ and in that Satan is defeated. Uh, last week we talked about not loving our lives even unto death, because Revelation 12, 11 said they have conquered him. Jesus has done these three things. They've conquered Satan by the blood of the lamb, which he won for us, the word of their testimony, that's walking in him continuously, and they love their lives. They love not their lives even unto death. We talked last week about practicing martyrdom, that it's not the decision that we make when and if our lives are demanded of us rather than deny Jesus. It's the 39 times every day that we have to die to self and live for him and live for others, him living through us. Okay, now I said before, and I will say it again, I guarantee, guarantee that the problem, the struggle, the trial you are now facing would lose its power over your mind, over your heart, over your soul if you and I will take our eyes off of ourselves, off of our struggle, off of our problem and fix them on Jesus Christ. Lose its power even if the circumstance does not change. Um, Today we're going to take a look at the fourth quarter of the war, the fourth quarter of the game. And things are going to take a turn that is dark and frightening and dangerous. And and some of us won't like it. But there is great hope. This is a message of hope from God. This is an important message for those of you, while we're studying the end times of the book of Revelation, it has incredible application to our everyday life. It does. Because regardless of what you and I are now struggling with, whatever the struggle of your life is, whatever the trial, if you are exhausted and closer than anyone else knows to giving in and giving up, don't you do it. Because there's hope. 
And Jesus is coming, and Jesus is here, and he's going to fill you with incredible hope no matter what you do. If you're not at the point of exhaustion and ready to give up, you will be, probably soon. We're like that. And so we all need this truth, whether we can apply it now or, or apply it to our hearts and, 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 and release it when, when we get to this point. We're going to read the passage. I'm going to point out a few things, and we're going to focus on enduring to the end in Jesus, with Jesus, and for Jesus. Okay, Revelation 13. You can read it along with me. Here we go, starting in verse 1. John writes, And I saw a beast rising out of the sea. Who is he? Who's the beast? That's right. He's the Antichrist. Right. Okay. With ten horns, seven heads. And ten diadems. This is power. This is control. This is world governments. This is what we're talking about. And blasphemous names on its heads. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet were like a bear's. And its mouth was like a lion's mouth. And to it, the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Now, who's the dragon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who said puff? Who said puff? Really? The 60s called. They want their tie-dye back. It's Satan. And he gave, verse 3, one of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. You see? Miracles. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. Now, what I want you to see very quickly is the copycat nature of the evil realm. How Satan is a wannabe God, a poser Jesus, if you will. You have, you have the dragon, like God the Father, right? You have the beast, the antichrist, like Christ gives him an authority. There is a mortal wound, right? The beast is rising out of the sea, rising. Who, who thought of that, right? Been there, done that, Jesus says, okay? Now, we see that there's a mortal wound, something that should kill, and yet it doesn't. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, masquerading, it's a miracle. Now, listen, listen. In this day, we have a lot of spiritual pragmatism, and what that means is this. If something is spiritual and it, quote, works, we like it. There's danger there. Because not everything that has spiritual power, not everything that works is of God. In fact, there will be a great deception, and here's one of them, that is, in the sense, miraculous. It should not happen. It's unexplainable except for spiritual reality, spiritual power. Not every spiritual power comes from God. So if you're dabbling in something because it works and it's not Jesus Christ, it may work, but it may not be, it will not be if it's not of Christ, the power of God. So beware, because as the time goes, there'll be greater and greater deceptions. Don't believe every miracle you see. Verse four, and they worship the dragon. 
For he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who can fight against it? Verse 5. And the beast was given a mouth uttering haughty and blasphemous words, and it was allowed to exercise authority for 42 months. Okay, stop there. 42 months, that's three and a half years. The same amount of time it takes you to get your burger at Power Stop after you place your order. Okay, just seeing if you have a pulse. I love those guys. I love the Royal with cheese, it's great. But three and a half years, what I want you to see is the mercy, love, and grace of God. It's right there. So what is what was right there? Just gave me a time frame. It's right there. What that means is that the time of trial is limited. But the time of rejoicing, the time of reward is unlimited. The time of your trial right now the time of your trial, should you live from this, has bookends, has a beginning and an end. The time of reward, the time of rejoicing in Christ is unlimited, which allows us to say with Paul, regardless of what we're going through, organ transplant, addiction, whatever it is, heartbreak, Poverty, whatever it is, allows us to say with Paul in Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Other translations say this light and temporary trial. Well, what is this light and temporary trial for Paul? He's being beaten. He's being whipped to a pulp. He's being imprisoned. He's being abused. Not to be compared not to be compared. Why? Because the mercy and grace of God limits the trial, unlimits the reward. We have to keep our eyes on that. Your pain, your hardship, your suffering has an expiration date. Your glory in Christ, in his glory, does not. Does not. Let that embolden you. Let that embolden me. He is merciful and gracious. Verse six, here we go, going back. Okay, we've got to stop chasing rabbits. They're going to be here till tomorrow. We'll do the fireworks in here. It op- yeah, thank you. You're the only one, Tim. I love you. Verse six, it opened its mouth to utter blasphemies against God, blaspheming his name and his dwelling. That is those who dwell in heaven. Now their feet may be on earth. Do you get it? Your home isn't here if you belong to him. You need to realize this. He was also, verse 7, this is going to come as a shocker. Also, it, the beast, was allowed to make war on the saints, that's you and me, and to conquer them, and to conquer them. And I can hear some of you say, wait a minute, Jack. Wait a minute. Tom just spent three weeks on one verse telling us that Jesus says that we can be conquerors. And now this is a biblical bait and switch. You're saying that Satan is going to conquer the people of God? I got three words for you. Four words. What up with that? What up with that? Right? 
Last chapter it said we would be conquerors. 12.11. And they conquered him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even to the death. And this is said, Satan is given power and authority to make war on the saints and to conquer them. What's going on? Well, let's do this. In a football game, there are four quarters, right? Go with me. Yeah, nod, grunt, whatever you got. In a war, there are many battles, but there's one war. So when we talk about being conquered, are we talking about a battle or are we talking about a war? We're talking about a battle in the war. The fourth quarter only lasts three and a half years. The fourth quarter of your struggle, whatever it is right now, has bookends, has an expiration date. The victory in Jesus does not, does not. So while we may go down in a battle, Jesus wins the war. The question is, will you and I be in him? Or are we gonna bail when things get too hard? That's the ultimate question of this passage. Are we going to bail? Get this, if you are in Jesus Christ, at the end of the day, when the smoke clears, you will be a conqueror in him. But will you wait till the end of the day? Will you wait until the smoke clears? Will I hang tough when it's not easy? When my life does not turn out as I ever hoped? That's the question. I'd like to share um, an example that, 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 that gets sorted to this, but will fall way short. I offer you this. The Broncos yeah, of last year. What, you're shaking your head, you're not a fan. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because there's counseling for you. Um, there's, it doesn't matter if you're a Broncos fan or not. It doesn't matter if you like Tebow or not, whether you grieved over his trait or not. Last season was phenomenal, okay? Like the Broncos would be losing for 3.9 quarters, right? And it never fails. I would watch it on TV because I work on Sundays. Um, no, it's, it's okay. But I would Tebow Tebow. Um, and I would watch it. Never fails. Fourth quarter, three minutes left. Broncos down by 10. And people are getting up and leaving Mile High Stadium. They're doing this. And I, I want to scream on my television, do not leave. Don't go. Get back here. There's still three minutes left. Don't you know? With 90 seconds left, Tebow becomes a superhero. You're going to be almost to your car. You're going to be almost to your car because you said to your wife, let's get a jump on the traffic, honey. Right? You're going to be almost to your car. There's going to erupt like celebration and cheering like you've never heard before. And you're going to have to watch it on 9 News at 10. And your wife is never going to let you forget that you are a, let's get the jump on the traffic, honey, loser. (laughs) It happened again and again and again. 
The Broncos last season in lots of games may have lost the battle, may have lost the possession, may have lost the stats, but won the game. Jesus is going to win in overtime. And some of you are this close, this close from leaving the stadium. You are one tragedy away from abandoning your trial from abandoning your marriage, from abandoning your calling, from abandoning your hope, from abandoning your faith, from abandoning your Jesus. You say, no, I'm not. Many of you are. Many of you are. I have a list of 100 people, 100 people who had an emotional yes to Jesus as long as he was behaving and, and serving them in the ways that they wanted to be served. But horrible things came on them. Horrible things came on them. And they left. Not just coming together on, on Sunday. They doubted the goodness of God they doubted the victory in Jesus and in the time of great suffering ran from their healer. In the time of great hopelessness walked away from their hope. In the time of great darkness and death turned their backs on light and life. We are prone to it in the last days. In this day, we are prone to it. It's easy. It's easy to say amen. It's easy to sing praises when things are good. They will not always be so. Some of you are living that reality right now. Judy, my friends, many of you know the truth of this. There was a woman this week in our town whose nine-year-old daughter, eight or nine, horrible, ain't? Thanks. Did you want to get that right? But she was riding her bike and, and was hit by a truck. She died. If that's you, where are you? Where are you? Unless we know that Jesus wins in the end, we start to determine God's goodness and love based on our current struggle. And what the word of God promises us now is there will come a time, and some of you are facing something like it, when there is no light, when your feelings are gone, when your future feels compromised, trapped, and trashed, when you can't see a way out, when you're saying it's impossible, and many will turn away. And Jesus loves you too much, and I love you too much for that to happen. 
if you and I don't remember that we are going to lose some battles, but Jesus is going to win the war, if we don't remember that, we're going to leave. And the message here is don't give up. Don't check out. Don't give in. Stand strong because he stands strong with you and in you. And he stood strong for you. And authority was given over every tribe and people, language and nation, verse 8. And all who dwell on the earth will worship it. Don't get this wrong. You see this phrase a lot in Revelation, all who dwell upon the earth. That does not mean everybody whose feet are touching the ground. It means those whose hearts are earthbound. Do you get me? Do you get me? So you can be standing here and not be dwelling on the earth because scripture is clear that in Jesus Christ, we are not dwelling on the earth. This is not our home. We are seated with him in the heavenlies. That is the spiritual reality. He is bringing that to pass in, in the physical, in, in this realm. Those who dwell on the earth will worship it. Even, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. That's Jesus Christ. Real quickly, there is a book. It is not yours. It is Jesus' book. He writes names in it. It says before the foundation of the earth. And right now, your name is either in it or it's not. And it has zero to do with whether or not you're a good person. It has zero to do with whether you or I have a spotless attendance record here on Sunday. And by the way, none of you do. Just saying. Just saying. I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to it. You don't come. It's okay. It has zero to do with whether or not you teach Sunday school. It has nothing to do with whether or not You've kept every law in this book. It has everything to do with whether or not Jesus Christ is your righteousness. Whether you live the exchange life where he becomes your sin and pays for it fully on the cross as our substitute and rises to new life for your new life. And you've received that. And you now have his righteousness credited to you. That is what matters. That's what determines whether your name is in there or not. Here's my question. Is it? Is it? God bless you. Here is uh, verse 9. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. That's another phrase we see in the Bible a lot. It means wake up, listen up. If you don't get this, you're toast. Okay? So we sit up a little higher and we listen really closely and here's something that follows that a lot of people won't like. If anyone is to be taken into, be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be, he, must he be slain. Really? Now, if you're a Texan, a hunter, or an alpha male, you don't like this. What this is saying is that when the Antichrist rises, and he will, 
When he is given power, when he is given authority, when God in his sovereignty allows him for a season to have his way. And he persecutes and imprisons and kills the saints of God. And should we be alive, that includes you. When that comes down, it will not be something that we read about in some distant land that we can't pronounce and never intend to go to. It is the the common reality for all those who name Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Get it? That's us. When that happens, if you are to be taken captive, you're going into captivity. If you're going to be killed, you're going to be killed. And... When that happens, you submit faithfully to Jesus Christ who received death willingly and joyfully so that God could be glorified. You're going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not the plan. When that man comes and I'm going to know who he is, I think it might be Barack Obama. You know, because we get that. We get that way, right? We're not going to take this. Because my cousin, he has M16s, and we got a buttload of ammo. And now at Walmart, they're selling those 50-gallon drums of the oatmeal with raisins. We're going to get a bunch of them. We're going to go hide out in one of the cabins, one of the caves on Monarch Pass. And we're going to have the whole place booby-trapped. And when they come, they better bring body bags. There's will be a lot more of them dead than us. That's not what it's saying. It's not what it's saying. It's saying that the people of God will joyfully, faithfully, with endurance, participate in the sufferings of our Savior. And in that, in that, he will meet you in a more real and powerful and glorious way than you have ever imagined. But many will not believe that. Many do not believe that. Those of you who have suffered well, And come to Jesus Christ and said, my suffering Savior, be my God of all comfort because I do not have the strength can give testimony after testimony of how he met you and you knew him and and were loved by him in a deeper way than any joy, than any pleasantry, than any comfort in your life has ever given you. This life is not all there is. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Because many of you under incredible trial may not, may not. Following Jesus this is meant to encourage. Why are you yelling? <laughs> this is meant to encourage. Following Jesus, and I speak from experience, you know, knowing a lot about these things, is a marathon. 
And as a marathon runner, I can, I can speak to that. As an Ironman, I can tell you, it is not a sprint. It is not a simple raising of the hand or a walking of the eye. It is an enduring faith that says, bring what you may. I will let go of everything save my Savior. Everything save Jesus Christ. It is, you know, in a in a study that I just made up, um, I have discovered there is no such thing as a runner's high. I have tried to find this. It has been elusive. I doubt it exists. I have discovered the napper's high. I have discovered the Ben and Jerry's high. I have often seen my wife experience the retail shopping high. And regardless of how you feel or don't feel about any of this, I can guarantee you on the testimony of God and the experience of the saints that there is a Jesus high. If you are willing to follow him with faithful endurance through the valley of the shadow of death and say, bring it all, I will fear no evil as long as you are with me. There is a Jesus high in your darkest darkest times. And we see it in Paul. We see it. It's again and again, Philippians 3. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. He's talking about being perfect. I'm not done yet, he's saying. Like superstar Christian, Paul. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect. Jesus isn't done with me yet. He's not done transforming me into his image. He's not done yet. But get this, but, and that's a, that's a big old but. But one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I do what? Say it with me. I press on. I'm not giving in. I'm not giving up. I'm not walking out of the stadium. I'm there. I'm in it to win it. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not pressing on to be a success. I'm not pressing on to have the most stuff. I'm not pressing on to have the nicest life. I'm pressing on for Jesus because he's my everything. 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9. Paul does it again does it again. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I may lose a battle, but Jesus wins the war. Jesus wins the war. Say it with me. Jesus wins the war. Now say it like you mean it. Jesus wins the war. And in him, you will be a conqueror and only in him. And it doesn't matter how much strength you got. It doesn't matter whether you have a title. It matters that he's got strength and he's got a title. King of kings, Lord of lords, victor of victors, conqueror of conquerors, then going through this and now going through what you're going through now. You don't have what it takes. Join the club. He does. 
He does. He came for the broken, the weak, the sin-stained, the scarred. The people who have passed, they don't want anybody to know about. So what is going to happen? Okay, okay, we're going we're gonna to land the plane in a couple of minutes. This is in Scripture. This is your final time out. It's time to do it. Encouragement message. Here's verse 10. Here's verse 10. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Will you trust when everything says that things are out of control? When Satan tells you it is impossible to go on, Jesus is telling you, I love impossible. I major in impossible. Because when I bring victory to the impossible, I'm the only one who can take credit for it. Will you trust when it seems like God has forgotten you? Will you believe when your feelings are gone? Hebrews 12. Let's look at it. Beginning of that chapter. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with what? Endurance! The race that is set before us, looking not to ourselves, not to our struggle, not to our pain, not to our suffering, looking to Jesus. Thank you. People are going to think you're Baptist if you keep talking during the service, okay? Be careful. The founder, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary and faint-hearted. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. If you are in Christ, you have all the faithful endurance of Jesus Christ. If you are in Christ, you have all the faithful endurance of Jesus Christ, who now takes up residence, breathes, lives, is reincarnated in you. He who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross where he became all the sin, all of the sin that you've done, every other sin that I've done, all in history, all the evil things that have been done to you, all the evil, everything. He endured for the joy. What's the joy? His glory and you forgiven, free, and home in him. You're part of his joy. And you have that endurance. Big saying. And, 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 you know, my apologies to to my plus-size women friends when I say this. There's a a saying out there, right? It ain't over till uh, that lady sings. No. No. It ain't over till Jesus says it's over. And 
that won't be until he comes back and deals the death blow to Satan, sin, the grave, heartbreak, despair, addiction, you name it, and makes all things new. And he will, and he will, and he will. And if you and I believe it, we will endure. If he lives in us, if our names are written, we will endure faithfully as he calls. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in. Don't you dare check out. Don't you dare stand up and walk out. Don't you dare throw your hands up. Don't you dare because you are closer today to ultimate victory in Jesus Christ than you have ever been. You are closer today to ultimate victory in Jesus Christ than you have ever been. And this trial, this struggle has bookmarks, has an expiration date and the glory and the reward and the celebration of all that he is and all that he's done has no end. Let's live like it and hold things loosely and hold him tightly. Because as the famous sermon says, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Now, um, there is a, there's a rather famous sermonette. <laughs> Don't start talking about another sermon. <laughs> That's my trial, Tom. <laughs> that, oh, Stop. There's a, there's a famous uh, sermonette given by an old African-American pastor called It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. And, and, and if, if we're going to try this, you got to be in. You, you got to be in, okay? During the Friday things, when bad things are happening, you know, mm-hmm, mm, let me hear it. Mm. But Sunday, when Sunday happens, Right? Yes, Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. All right. It's Friday. And Jesus is arrested in the garden where he was praying. But it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It was Friday. And Jesus is standing before the high priest of Israel, silent as the lamb before the slaughter. But that's okay, because it was Friday. Sundays are coming. It was Friday. And those Roman soldiers are flogging our Lord with whips, with bones and glass and shards in it, and they're whipping his flesh, but it's Friday. And Sunday's coming. It was Friday, and the apostles are running, and Peter is denying, and people are hiding, but Jesus is standing strong, but it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It was Friday, and I see my Jesus carrying his cross, and I see his back dripping blood, and I see him with the joy set before him, and he's walking to Calvary, but it's only Friday. And I heard that Sunday's coming. It was Friday, and I see the Roman soldiers nailing his hands, nailing his feet, and he's saying, Father, forgive them. But it's only Friday, and Sunday's coming. 
I see my Jesus breathe his last as he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the throngs of the darkness of hell are partying because they thought they won. That the promise that was made in the prophecy in the garden in Genesis, that the one who would crush the head of the evil one has now been destroyed. They're celebrating, saying, thank goodness it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Sunday. And there is an earthquake. And that's not the only thing that's shaken because the angel comes down and he rolls the stone away. And the soldiers who were guarding the tomb are shaking in their boots because my Jesus has arisen and has gone into the city and many have seen him. And I have seen him and you have seen him because it's Friday. It was Friday, but now it's Sunday. I was fighting the trial. I was fighting the struggle. I was fighting the suffering. I was fighting the darkness. But it was only Friday. Sunday's coming. My people, he said, you are now walking in darkness. You are now walking in hopelessness. You are saying this is impossible. I'm about to give up. But I want you to know that it's just Friday. And all God's people said, but! Us white guys can't do that. No, no, no. It's him. Will you believe it? Will you and I believe it? Or are we one tragedy away from getting up and walking out? If God takes the people that I hold dear, if I lose my wife, if my son does not get back to Chicago alive, if my daughter does not come home from work, one day, which is far worse to me than my own well-being. If that happens, if I lose my job and all that I own, if wildfires sweep through this valley and my house is dust and everything that I worked and spent and collected is gone, will I still have everything because my everything is Jesus Christ and nothing will ever take that away. If you and I do not answer that now, when things are relatively good, we will not be able to answer it then in the midst of the trial of trials. Praise God, Jesus wins. Um, we've got some business to do. Um, whatever God has placed on your heart, um, we're gonna celebrate in the Lord's Supper um, a picture, a symbol of what looked like 
the greatest loss, the greatest embarrassment, the greatest defeat in all of history, where Jesus suffered and died and won the greatest victory there ever was and ever will be. Remember this reality as we receive it. If, you, if you're not Baptist, I don't think God really cares. <laughs> he cares about whether you belong to him, whether you've ever surrendered to him. If that's you, come receive, serve each other. If not, it's best that you come talk to me or one of the elders or someone uh, about making sure about that.